You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. We have been just through a series as a church uh, titled Walk, where we've looked at this aspect of exploring God and experiencing Him on the journey that He calls us onto. We're on a walk with Him. We're we're walking with Him. And uh, today, the message is titled Taking Steps. Um, taking steps with God. And so in essence, it's kind of a, a follow-on or a follow-up message to the series that we just came through. But I'm going to pray before we do so that God would really challenge our hearts and really reveal to us what He wants to say. There's no point me just saying something, but most importantly is that the Holy Spirit would communicate into our hearts what it is He wants to say that would be applicable to our lives and our situation. So Lord, I thank You that You've got a plan for us. God, You want to move in our lives. You want to uh, you want us to encounter you, and uh, I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts now. Lord, reveal your plans, reveal your purposes. Lord, we want to hear from you. And so, Lord, I pray, by your Spirit, I pray that you would bring the revelation deep inside of us, the things that we need to catch hold of this morning. May those things sink deep, and may it be a true revelation in our hearts. Thank you for it, in your name. Amen. Uh, I think, as a parent, one of the greatest achievements and early on in your child's life is when they learn to walk. How many have those memories in any capacity of, of watching a little one learn how to walk? Yeah, a few of you, some of those single guys out there, Tommy, I see that hand. Um, there's something quite, quite, quite remarkable when your child takes their first steps. And I remember with Annalise, she's in the audience in Burgess Hill, so I can talk about her. And that's completely fine because she's not here in Brighton, right? So I can say these things. And I remember she crawled and crawled and crawled. And then she started taking steps. And we really longed for them to start walking. And then as soon as they start walking, we start having to, we realized actually that's a problem in itself because they're now mobile, completely mobile. There's nothing that stops them. So everything in the house starts going higher up. So they can't touch things. They can't uh, grab on things that they shouldn't. And, uh, but it's this, it's an important part of growing up from being an infant to toddler, to being a child in the sense of growing up as a young child to, to, to adulthood, is that we learn to start taking steps, right? And a child or a baby that only remains laying down and only remains in a state of kind of just feed me, uh, uh, that person, or that, we, we quickly recognize that something's wrong if they're not able to move and if they're not able to walk. And so the same thing goes in our Christian walk, in our spiritual lives. Um, there, there is a temptation, I think, f- f- when we give our lives to Jesus, there's, there's this new birth experience. We come to Him in faith, we give our lives to Him, and, and something shifts in our hearts, and we think, yeah, we're born, like just a new baby born into this world. And we, we're hungry for the spiritual milk, and we, we want all of that life has to offer. But there comes a point where we need to start taking steps. We need to start growing up, basically. We need to start moving forward in the things that God has for us. And there's, if we don't start taking those steps, what we can sometimes start developing is a feed me mentality where we just want to be fed, just kind of like, just feed me. But we, we're not wanting to do our own part in playing it out or working it out in our lives. I need to be served. I need to be helped. I'm just like a, a baby. Paul writes to the church about this, that there's a need for them to, to grow up in their faith, to, to become more mature. I'm going to read from a passage in Psalm 
37. David wrote this near the end of his life, and I'm reading it from the New Living Translation. I normally read from NIV, but um, looking at the various translations, this one, I think, articulated the best. So Psalm 37, 23 to 24, it says this. It says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord upholds them by the hand. To start with, in this passage, it says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. We can see this as an entry point in our, the, the, the passage is, God intends us to move. Would you not agree? God intends us to move. He, he doesn't intend, He doesn't direct the laying down. He directs the steps of the godly, right? He, he expects there to be steps. He doesn't wish for you to stay where you're at in your lives. Me, you, all of us included. He, he intends for us to keep journeying forward. There's, he directs our steps because he intends that we would be on the move. He calls us from the moment we say yes to him on a journey, which again, the, over the last couple of months, we've looked at the walk. There's various aspects of our journey with him. But he calls us to start taking steps. Born again, we need to start taking steps. At the moment we say yes to him, we need to be baptized as an example. It's a step that we need to take as part of our, um, part of our development in him. I, when we look at the animal kingdom, there's animals like deer, um, or, or, or the like, kind of deer, antelope. Um, when a fawn is born, there's a requirement, there's a need for that fawn to stand up immediately, right? So if you, if you watch kind of animal programs, you'll see that the mother is trying to get the fawn to stand up straight away. There's no, there's no kind of just take your time, just lay there for the next three years, and I'll feed you, I'll bring all the food to you. Because there's a need for the fawn to stand up to drink, to, to feed, but also because they're prey, right? And so to, to flee from danger, the fawn from day one, the first day it's born, has to be able to stand on its own two, four feet, not two feet. <laughs> now, if it could stand on two feet, that'd be quite a remarkable fawn. <laughs> that'd be a, you know, a circus animal. Anyways, they have to do it to survive. And in a spiritual sense, we are the same. When God breathes life into us, we actually don't have the option to just lay there and do nothing for the rest of our lives. But actually, we're called immediately to stand firm, to, to, to stand up, to, to, to begin to kind of put some things into action. Because actually, you and I have a place to, to begin to apply things in our lives because we have to start moving forward from day one. Right from day one, we have to move forward. So in a spiritual sense, or in our, in our walk, there's steps we have to take and I think, as I was just meditating on, on this, there was kind of four general categories that I believe God calls all of us to take steps in all the time, okay? There's four areas in our lives, and they're, they're quite different and, and unique. The first one are steps of faith and obedience. God directs us, so kind of an example, God directs us to do something that requires faith and trust. It requires us to step outside of our comfort zone and to follow him into something that's unknown or maybe something that it's moving forward in that, you know, it's going to be a step of faith. I, I, you know, someone's asked me to help with the children's ministry. I don't know if I'm good at kids ministry. So it's a step of faith for, for me to do that. Maybe it's a going on a mission trip. I know some even in this room have gone on a mission trip and that's been a step of faith to say, actually, 
I'm going to go outside my comfort zone. I'm going to be with a group of people that I might not like in course, close quarters, but I'm going to do it because I, I'm just sensing God is prompting me. And, and maybe we don't have the finances, but I'm going to take that step. Each of us, God calls to take steps of faith. I think it's impossible to please God without taking steps of faith. And I think in all of our lives, different circumstances would require different things, and all of us are on a different journey. So steps of faith for you might be different than steps of faith for me. Sometimes even just saying, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be part of something that I haven't been part of before. I'm going to be part of life groups. Maybe I, I feel uncomfortable in smaller gatherings or in people's homes. And so I'm, I'm uncomfortable with this, but I'm sensing God is, is prompting me. So it's a step of faith to do it, but I'm taking the step because God is asking me to do it. Abraham was a great example in scripture who God just said, I, I want you to go to a place that I'll show you. And again, it was before the era of having Google Maps. He couldn't look it all out and plot the plan. Uh, but he had to distrust God. And so he left his known world to an unknown place. And as long as he was living where he went, in the promised land, it wasn't really the promised land for him. His, his, his ancestors, no, his, um, not ancestors, that's who's, his descendants. There we go. Thank you, Christopher. Descendants. His descendants received it, right? But, he himself didn't, didn't receive it, but he was a step of faith. And we have all of Hebrews 11 that we see what steps of faith look like. Steps of faith of, of standing up for our faith. Steps of faith of, of believing for miracles. All of those things God calls us to. And even in James, we have this whole passage of faith without works is dead. But the faith and the works bit of it is the faith and the obedience. The second step that God calls us all to take are steps of surrender and change. You know, God loves us so much, he doesn't want to keep you the way you are. He loves us so much that he wants us to become like his son. But we can't be like his son and remain as we are. And so there's steps of change he calls us to that are often in areas of our, our, our character, the areas of our, our heart, of our passions, of the things that we're pursuing in life. And in each of us, there are steps we have to take in growing and maturing in him that require us to surrender those things and say, okay, God, I know this is my, my predisposition to be like this. I know this is, I would kind of define it as my personality. My family's always been like this. My dad's a kind of a hard guy, so I'm a, a hard guy. Or, uh, you know, losing my temper is just part of my, I'm a flamboyant person. Yet God calls us to take steps of change by his spirit. It's actually, no, you can't be like that anymore. That's your old man. And now you need to start taking steps of change, become like me, breaking bad habits of our old nature. I think all of us, we develop in our lives bad habits that the Spirit challenges us to become like Him, to be freed from those things. Maybe it's developing new habits, right? Surrender and change isn't just breaking things from the past, but that's also developing new habits in our devotional life. Maybe it's surrendering past hurts. It's steps of change that move us to become more like Jesus in every aspect of our lives. And I can guarantee that for every one of us, none of us have arrived. Right? None of us in this room or in Burgess Hill, I know, none of us have arrived. And so because of that, all of us, all of us have steps of change that God is calling us into. I mean, that's why even we have the verse in Galatians where he says, stay in step with the Spirit. Right? And if we stay in step with the Spirit, 
we won't gratify our old nature, but if we live by the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit starts to become the overflow of our lives. But the requirement is we have to stay in step, which means there's, there's steps we have to take with the Spirit in order to bring those change abouts, those change in our lives. So we have change of surrender, um, and, sorry, steps of surrender and change. We have steps of faith and obedience, but we also have steps of service. We're called to be part and members of, of a body, serving with other members. And just like, okay, I've got a hand, you've got a hand, we've all got parts of our body. Now, in order for your body to function properly, every part needs to continue to be moving. I think we have very little in our body that doesn't continue to move. Or have a function that grows and develops and changes. Anything that stops changing in your body is dead. And the dead parts in your body are not, if you have a dead part in your body, it's not a good thing. Right? Would you agree? Normally you have to go to the doctor for that. Um, and you usually have to cut it off. Because it's not a good thing to have something that's dead. Living, when we're a living organism, our bodies are alive and they're moving. There's even your bones, there's change constantly happening in your bones. There's, there's blood that's coming and going. There's, there's reproduction in even in your bones. My dad has, is, is working through or we're believing for healing in, in bone cancer. And you can see when, when something in even your bones starts to die, it becomes a major problem to your body. So the point is this, is that God calls all of us to take steps of, uh, in service. And it's not just a one-off thing. I'll volunteer once for a one-off event in the church, but actually there's an ongoing step that all of us need to take in playing our part in what he calls us to be a part of. It's not an option to not be part of the body and be a Christian. At least when I look at Scripture, there's so much written about being connected to one another and playing our part. We don't have an opt-out. The thing is that God directs our steps in the body. If you're part of the church, if you're part of this church body, you're not, you're not an island, but actually you're called to, to serve us, serve one another in some capacity. Each of us have a gift. Isn't that amazing? God thought of you, put gifting in it, put giftings in you so that you could be part of His body, so that what's in you, the church could be strengthened and grown in. We, we need what's in your life to be brought out. But you have to take steps to, to, to bring it into play. No one can do it for you. I can't be your part and you can't be my part. But all of us have steps that we have to take. Just like your physical body, it's not an option to do nothing in the body. We all have steps that God calls us to take. The fourth area is this, is that there's steps of maturity. Again, I think as a baby is born, we love little babies, don't we? I love babies. Okay, I loved my babies when they were little. Um, but nothing's greater than seeing a baby that's not your baby when they're sleeping. And then they go home. And they can stay up all night with someone else. I remember, okay, Donna faced it a lot worse than I did. But I remember when our kids were little and there were babies. And the first three months were hell. Okay? Do I see a hand? First three months are not enjoyable months. They are so cute. They're so beautiful. When someone else is taking care of them, right? When they're at church and they're all lovely, it's a beautiful thing. But at three in the morning, they're not a beautiful child anymore. 
well, okay, they are in God's eyes. But, you know, I do remember those moments thinking, what is this person in my family keeping me up all night long? And then when you have to go to work, they decide to sleep, right? They're sleeping all day when you're awake, and they're awake all night when you're trying to be sleeping. Anyways, the point is, if that infant stays as an infant forever, there's a problem, right? They need to be growing and maturing. They need to be changing. They need to be developing. And the same thing goes for you and I. We need to continue on the journey, the steps of change to become mature believers in our faith. And I don't believe it just happens. We don't just happen to become mature believers, but there are steps that we take that grow and develop things in our, in our lives. There's steps of deciding, actually, I'm going to read the Bible for myself. Even if it's just a few verses a day, it's a step I'm going to take because I don't just care what Tyler has to think or someone else in the team at Center Church, but actually, I, I want to know what this says for myself. I'm going to read it. I, I'm going to actually dedicate some time in my life to read what the Bible says. No one can do that for you. and Nobody else can do it. And I think Sunday church, if this is our only input spiritually, again, it's spoon-feeding something. But actually, God wants us to take steps. And the same thing goes with a child. A child grows and, you know, I, again, I, re, I apologize, Annalise, because I'm bringing you up a lot here. But I remember when Annalise, you know, there came a point where they wanted to feed themselves, right? And that's such a messy time. They got food everywhere. The spoon is going in their hair. It's going in their ears. The mouth is kind of a very random spot in their face. But they don't like it when you try to feed them. There comes a point where they just want to feed themselves. And as a parent, it's a painful process to watch because there's more food on the floor than there is in their mouth or even on the plate. It's everywhere. You have to bath them just just because they had their lunch. You know, it's an it's a exhausting process. But the point is, is that even in children, there's an inbuilt mechanism that I need to feed myself. Right? It's part of maturing. It would be a strange thing, you know, for a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old. You know, it would be a strange thing if Annalise was still at the table and I'm spoon-feeding her, her her dinner. Wouldn't it, Annalise? It would be a bit of an odd thing. It would be an odd thing to say, okay, Caleb, sit down. It's tea time. We're going to okay, open up your mouth. We're going to feed you. Here comes the train. No. I mean, they would never want friends over. <laughs> Never want your friends over if you're going to do that, Dad. The point is, is that actually, as believers, we can be the same way, though, can't we? You know, we're needing to be spoon-fed something. When actually maturing says, actually, I'm going to start, I'm going to start applying, I'm going to start eating for myself. And I, I'm a firm believer in that each person should be their own Bible scholar. They should be being able to, to dig into the Scripture themselves. And again, it isn't that you have to plow through the Bible and, and take on some regime that's unrealistic. Even if it's just saying, I'm going to work this year, I'm going to work through the Gospels. I'm just going to, just going to plow through it. Just maybe a few verses a, 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 a day or maybe just a chapter a day. I'm going to, just, I'm going to think about it. I'm, going to not, I'm just going to try to understand what Jesus said. Even if you just start there, those are steps of maturity. It's steps of maturity to say, actually, I'm going to take some time just to press into God's presence to pray. Prayer is part of maturing. And again, we can come to church and want everyone else to pray for us, but we have the ability to pray. God has given us the ability to press in ourselves into his presence. You don't need everyone else to pray for you. Yes, it's, there's a value. Now, please 
don't throw out what I'm saying here. There's a value in having other people pray, but the maturing process is just like the fawn standing up and being able to, to kind of move about and, and grow and mature. You and I need to start being able to feed ourselves and press into God's Spirit ourselves and not be dependent on the people around us for that. Because actually, when we're full and we're mature, what can a mature person do? They can help the person who's not mature. That's why usually adults have children, right? Because the idea is, in creation, that adults help babies. Not all adults are mature, and so the babies are a little bit messed up because the adults are messed up. But the point is that hopefully, as we grow and mature in our physical sense, our physical bodies, actually, we're able to care for someone younger than us. Same thing goes spiritually. If we're to make disciples, we have to be further on the journey than they are. If we're stuck at the starting blocks, there's nowhere behind us for them to follow. We're at the beginning stage. Does that make sense? If we're not moving forward, then there's no one to follow us because we haven't given, we haven't grown far enough for them to come after us. There's steps that God calls us to grow closer in our relationship with Him. And you know what? For each one of us, God wants to have a passionate relationship with you. But that's part of maturing, part of taking steps to say, do you know what? I'm going to prioritize my time. We see that God's intent is for us to move. But when we continue to read this passage, we see that actually God isn't just concerned about the overall, you know, that we're... that we're moving, but he's also concerned about every detail. When we read that passage, again, it says, he delights, so the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Every detail. I want you to say every. Every. Okay, so every detail includes every detail. God isn't concerned just about the broad strokes of your life. He's concerned about every little detail of your life. Now, that's a bit mind-blowing. How many people are in the world right now? Almost 8 billion. And he's concerned about every little detail. What does that mean? He means he's, God is concerned about our relationships. He's concerned about our jobs. He's concerned about our families. He's concerned about our church life, our community. He's even concerned about our feelings and our thoughts. He's concerned about every aspect of who we are. And in every aspect of who you are, if he's concerned about it, then he's got steps for you to take in every part of your life. That's the whole point of this passage. He directs the steps of the godly. Why? Because in every part of who you are, every aspect that you're concerned with, every aspect that you're making decisions in, God has already thought through that. He already has a plan for that. And he has steps he wants you to take in those areas. It isn't just what relates to church when we're talking, or just relates exclusively to your walk with him. It pertains to every part of our lives. In each aspect of our lives, God calls us to take steps. Perhaps it's steps of forgiveness. Perhaps it's steps of compassion or being generous or just showing integrity in our workplace. Maybe it's the release of the Holy Spirit in every circumstance that we're facing right now. God wants you to take steps. He wants you to move. He wants to direct your steps in those moments. I think what happens, and I can speak from my own experience, is that we we bring to God maybe the big things of our lives, but we don't involve Him in the little details of our lives. Would that be fair? The big decisions, yeah, okay, we, we commit those ways to the Lord, but not necessarily the little things. If God is concerned about every detail, 
then even in the small things, God has got a plan. He's got a thought. And you know, our responsibility is coming to Him and saying, God, what is your thoughts on this? What do you think I should do? Interestingly enough, God might have a plan. He might have a step. He might have a thought He wants to impart into you that will give you direction. You know, sometimes I think the little decisions we make have the most profound impact in the long run. It's not often the big, big decisions we make. But our life is often made up of multiple small choices that start to direct our steps. But what if in the little steps we're taking, instead of us consulting ourselves and using our own mind, that we actually tune into the Spirit of God and press into His thought process, what would start to change? God knows the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha, the Omega. Do you know when He looks at your life, He doesn't walk through time with you. He's outside of time. He knows where it all ends up. You know, sometimes those little decisions, he knows the ripple effect in eternity. And so when we say, I want to take that step, maybe it's a step of faith, maybe it's just a step of obedience, maybe it's a step of service, maybe it's a step of maturity, he knows how that's going to play out in a very long time, in, in the, 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 the whole aspect of your life, but also eternity, and how it affects the lives of the people around you. He knows it. Can I encourage you that God can be trusted not to lead you astray? He can be trusted. There's a final point in this passage that we see. It says, God never lets us down, even if we get it wrong. And, and, and we can see it from this perspective when it, we read, though they stumble, they will never fall. I want you, so every detail, we said every. I want you to say every again. Every. So every detail. But then also I want you to say never. So we got two extreme words, ever, every, and never. Every and never. So if every detail he's concerned about in your life, he can direct your steps, and if he will never let you fall, that means that there's absolutes. The passage has absolutes. He will direct all your steps, and he will never let you fall. What does that mean? He'll never let you fall, even if we stumble. You know, years ago, and... Uh, is still my heart. Uh, but I made this decision that I'd rather fail, and I say fail in this sense, or stumble in trying to fulfill God's direction for my life than fail by doing nothing. Now, I don't always, I'm not always there, but that is my heart, is that actually I'd rather fail or stumble in trying to follow God's direction and leading in an aspect of my life than fail by knowing that I knew God asked me to do something but I didn't do it. I didn't take that step. I didn't follow his leading. I think that's a worse failure. You see, when we're walking with him, it says he walks, he holds us by the hand. And I remember again, when our kids were little and they were learning to walk and you held them, if they stumbled with their footing, my hand took up the, took up the, the slack, right? They started to fall, but my hand was there holding them so they didn't scrape their knee. And as they gain confidence, they, but the, the aspect, actually, we never let go of God's hand. We, we never let go of his hand. So we, we're walking with him, and our hand is in his hand. And so even if I stumble in following his lead, and, and I, get it, I don't get it quite right, you know, he doesn't let me fall. It's kind of like a win-win scenario. 
Even if you get it wrong, you get it right. Does that make sense? Even if we get it wrong, we get it right because he won't let us fall. But we need to keep walking with him. We can only stumble when we're moving, right? You don't stumble standing still. But you stumble as we take steps. As we're moving forward, you know, we, we, we can get it wrong sometimes, and it's okay. The reality is we need to keep stepping out in faith. Like a toddler, toddler keep taking steps. You know, Abba Father is holding our hand. You know, it's an interesting thing is that God's, God's will and his thoughts are not always our thoughts. And I probably more cases than not, there's been moments when God has asked me to take steps to the left or to the right, and I think it's the opposite. God isn't always looking from the perspective I'm looking. In fact, I would say he's never looking from the perspective I'm looking at, as he is for you. The reality is, though, for you and I, there's a need for us to say, okay, God, you're saying left, you're saying to do this, you're saying to respond this way, you're saying to take this step. I don't feel everything in me wants to do this way, but actually, because you are directing myself, I'm going to say yes to you. I'm going to go this direction, even though it goes against what I think maybe should happen. Do you know what? If we're holding his hand, even if we got that wrong, do you know what? We won't fall. That's great news. That's great news. Isn't that worth stepping out in faith, just knowing that he won't let me fall? We got nothing to lose. Jump off the cliff. We won't fall. Okay, and I'm speaking spiritually here, guys, okay? Speaking spiritually. No one jump off cliffs, but jump off cliffs spiritually. Do the big, do the big jump. Jump out of the plane. Why? Because God won't let you fall. I mean, only do it if God's directing you, okay? Don't just be silly about it. Point being is that God, He sees our heart. He sees where we're at, and He knows where we need to be. And He will guide us to get there. I want to close by this thought. What is your next steps with God? What is he calling you to, what steps is he calling you to take? I, there's not one person in this room, there's not one person in Bright, or Burgess Hill, that God is not speaking for you to take steps. You can't say that God isn't calling you to take, he is. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. Now, in Burgess Hill at this moment, don't tune out at this moment, but we're going to pass around paper and pens. This is an application to the message. I don't want you just to hear the word and just walk away. In Brighton, you've got papers already out. As those are being distributed at this moment, and I hope they are, by faith, they're being distributed in Burgess Hill. I can't tell, but I assume they are. As they're being distributed, what I want, what we're going to do, we're going to take a few moments, and we're just going to be quiet before God. And even as they're being distributed, we're going to ask the question, God, what steps in my life are you calling me to take right now? What steps are you... Now, maybe that's just one thing. Maybe it's three things. Maybe you'll feel both sides of the piece of paper. I don't know. Maybe there's a lot God has for you to do. But what we're going to do is we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And if you know in your heart, even if you just be quiet before, if you know this is what God is asking me, these are steps I know I need to start taking, I want you just to write those things down, okay? We're writing it down so we don't, we don't let this slip from us. So I'm going to pray that God directs us, and then we're going to just take a couple minutes, and we're just going to, to listen, okay? So Lord, I thank you. 
Your word says that you direct the steps of the godly, of the righteous. And Lord, as we've put our faith in you, Lord, that, that means us. And so, Father, I thank you in this moment, Lord, you can reveal the areas of our lives that you want us to take steps in, us to move forward in. Lord, you don't want us to stay where we're at, but you want us to continue to journey forward. And so, Lord, I pray that by your spirit, you just reveal the areas that you're calling me to. Thank you for it. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.